Welcome to the Management Insights Podcast Series hosted by McGraw-Hill Education. My name is Debbie Clare, Executive Marketing Manager for our management portfolio. Today's topic, networking. Our guest, Suzanne Dianish. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I am currently a visiting professor at George Mason University, where I have a joint appointment in the School of Business and the School of Conflict Analysis and Resolution. I could talk a little bit more about that, but I can say that having this interdisciplinary appointment is a lot of fun, and there's a lot of opportunity to connect people and industry within the space of these two disciplines. I will also say that before I came to George Mason, I was in an endowed chair position in Seattle University and had a lot of fun while I was there. And before there, I was at IMD in Switzerland, where about 95% of our business is with executives from around the world. So I've worked with a number of global companies and their executives from mid-level to senior level and have really enjoyed uh, working to increase their skills because it's not just college kids that need to improve their interpersonal skills and managerial skills, but as well, adults. Well, I look forward to our talk because I know networking is really critical and essential for workplace skills. How do you emphasize the importance of networking to your students? That's a great question, Debbie. Well, you know, gone are the days where you open up the classified section of the newspaper and get out your red pencil and start circling the jobs you're interested in and <laughs> write a cut, right? Um, in fact, research suggests that 70% of professional jobs are obtained through networking and not through want ads. So how we get ourselves and our package of skills and capabilities in front of a potential employer is really all about how we build relationships, which is really what networking is all about. And how do you recommend that uh, students build their network? Well, everybody has a network built in, right? So we have our past teachers, we have our doctors and dentists and hairdressers and friends and friends' parents. And sometimes people kind of forget that. I, I say that on purpose because When I talk to young students, undergraduates, 18, 19, 20 years old, they kind of think, well, how do I get started? I I, I don't have very much work experience. Well, we all have a network. And so sometimes when we are very early in our career, we can utilize the people that we know, the kinds of people I mentioned, as conduits to other people who may have positions in the kinds of companies or industries in which we might be interested in the future in, in our career. What if you might be, say, an introvert? Are I'm, there strategies you might recommend to get them started? Well, I'm glad you mentioned that, Debbie. You know, a lot of people sort of see the networking persona as someone who is, you know, very outgoing and extroverted and shaking strangers' hands and starting up conversations in elevators. And well, that's not untrue. (laughs) But to your question, what do you do if that's not a comfortable place for you? Well, thankfully, the internet has been around for quite some time. And in fact, I often have students in in many of my uh, classes engage in an assignment where they network online. They are asked to identify someone who could be a potential mentor to them, and their assignment is to connect with them via email. And it's a matter of, 
hey, this is who I am. This is what I am hoping to accomplish. I understand from, you know, insert name, friend of friend here that you have expertise in marketing. I wonder if you might be interested in answering a few questions I'll throw your way over the next 10 weeks of my semester or quarter. And so I find that, well, that there are other strategies as well. When I have my young students engage in this assignment, the fear of networking, the fear of connecting with strangers begins to abate because the environment, especially today's millennials and post-millennials, they've grown up on computers. So for them, this is a very comfortable medium to initiate a relationship. And I know I've heard this saying, it's not what you know, but who you know. Doesn't that diminish people's skills and capabilities? You know, I think that we have these sayings, right? And, and there's some truth to the sayings. The truth is this, Debbie, knowing somebody in an organization is, is definitely an advantage because when a job is posted and 100 or 200 applications are received, all things equal, I will look at the resume of somebody who is a friend of a friend or the daughter of someone I respect over a stranger. Why? Well, first of all, if you recommend Jane, the fact that you put your own reputation on the line by recommending Jane says something about your trust in her. Um, if you two were closer to peers as opposed to you know this, this age or power difference, then what you're saying is the kind of person you are and the fit that you and your personality has in the culture of my organization is likely going to align with Jane's. And why wouldn't I want someone? I, you know, again, all things equal, I would say a, a very healthy percentage of those 200 resumes are all people who could do the job. But now the question is, do I want them in my company? Will they fit? Will they be happy here? And so networking is not just about me using my contacts as an advantage to get into the company. It's the company, it's in the company's best interest to get people who are more likely to align with, contribute to, and be comfortable in the environment of the company. So this, this idea, it's not what you know, it's not really true. It's extremely rare that just because you're the friend of the friend, here's a job. It's here's the door, it's now open. Tell me why I should hire you. Right. You're looking for the right talent and making sure that they fit within the culture. And uh, it's just creating an open door opportunity. Absolutely. And again, it's, it's really, this is something I have to emphasize. A lot of people see networking as the person who is initiating the networking opportunity or, or conversation as it's all about them. But, but really, as I mentioned, it is in the company's best interest to do, we call it, we have a name for it, it's called reverse networking. How does a company use the employees and their networks to find the best fitting and the best contributing, value-adding, talent-producing employees for the company? Any remaining tips for your peers as they're working with their students uh, in networking? Well, you know, in the book, the Interpersonal Skills book, there are a number of hands-on exercises. And I often use a combination of them because they kind of help to break the ice. I think a lot of people have these fears, maybe because they're shy 
or maybe because they just have, uh, well, I don't want any special favors. I just want to get the job because I have this ability. Um, and so as a professor, I use a lot of these exercises in the classroom to begin to demystify and, and break down those walls and those self-imposed barriers as if networking were a bad thing and, and begin to get them to see not only is it not a bad thing, but I can help others in addition to myself by being mindful of connections. Just, just a quick note, for example, Debbie, you move to a new town and you say to someone you meet, wow, I, I like your hair. Who does your hair? That's networking, right? So why start from scratch if you can utilize the people you know to help give you access to other people, other information, other resources? And that's really, in a nutshell, what networking is. That was awesome. Thank you so much for your time today and sharing that great experience. Uh, To our listeners, check back for future topics and spread the word to your colleagues about our podcast series. Why? Because learning changes everything.